0: Hello and welcome to the Rain of the Racing Podcast. On today's episode, we'll be having a look ahead to day one and two of race count Royal Ascot. I am joined today by Killian, Samantha and Neve. After what has been a great start to the flat season, we are all very excited for Royal Ascot, bar maybe Killian. The opening race on Tuesday is the Buckingham Palace Handicap over 7 furlongs. a very tricky race to start the week with. Derek is the favourite. Is he the most likely winner here, Sam?
1: Um... I don't really know i mean i was looking at documenting to start off with but he seems a bit of an weather specialist now at the age of seven um gifted master caught my eye he obviously won the stewards cup under jason watson in 2018 off a mark of 111 and he's now dropped to 104 um on his peak rating he's a cut above these and he's won here before um at about 25 to one he could be of some value and um
2: gabriel maluno rides
0: Need, who will you side with who?
2: Um, my eye was instantly drawn to Mutamasik. He is lightly raced um, and has only beaten once on his debut. He's progressed through the ranks really nicely. Um, and this looks like um, the perfect step up for him. He's back after a break and he's won on the and good um, anger ground as well as the all weather. So he's nice and he seems at like quite a versatile type. Um I thought the last day he stayed on really nicely, despite only being a small field. So Obviously, this is going to be a much um, tougher challenge for him. But, um, you know, the way he stayed on well, you'd think the uphill finish at Ascot will really suit. Another that I had a look at was Lethal Lunch for Clive Cox. Um, he's got a nice weight, actually, and is a decent horse on his day. Um, I thought he ran really well towards the end of last season when he won a class handicap at Chelmsford in good style and then ran a good second when we last saw him. Um, he seems like quite a consistent type, and he's won at Ascot before when he was a two-year-old. So he could be a good each-way shout um, with the first-time tongue strap, and he is currently available at around 25-1, to 1, so he'd probably be my each-way shot to have a look out for in this contest.
0: Killian, you've been looking forward to Royal Ascot for a while now. Who do you like in the first?
3: To be honest with you, I sat down last night and I said, I'm going to look through all the form, watch all the replays. And then I opened the first race and I see the name Firmament.
0: I said to myself, it's
3: a long week, move on.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I got very much the same answer off you last night as well. But anyway, I'll take a chance on the Dean Ivory trained Flaming Spear. He seemed to lose his form last year with some very moderate runs. Of a handicap mark, which would prove to be too high. Back in 2018, he won twice. One of those was a listed race at Campton, and the other came at Goodwood, off a mark of 104. He's dropped down to a mark of 100, and hopefully he'll be able to take advantage of this and go close at around the 25 to 1 mark. The second race on the card is Group 1, Queen Anne, stakes over one mile. This is the opening Group 1 of the week, and the 16 are declared to head to post drops drops two miles for the first time. Do you think she'll adapt to it and challenge Circus Maximus here, Sam? Well,
1: she was really impressive um, last time. I think this race would have been a lot, be- a lot better if King of Change was racing, but he obviously stays at home. Um, Circus Maximus will probably be favourite after his Prix de Moulin victory, but I quite like Duke of Hazzard. Um He came good at the back end of last year, winning a listed a group three and a group two. He beat Terjeman, who I think has a good chance as well in Group 3, and the Paul and
2: Oliver Cole team are in good form.
0: Who will you side with, Um,
2: First of all, I think Circus Maximus is a worthy favourite, um, but he almost seems like a bit of a safe option, so I'm going to have a look elsewhere, and I think that one who I've been a big fan of, actually, since he's a two-year-old, is Skardu. Um, now, he's you know, always held a lot of promise. And equally, William Haggis couldn't really be in better form at the moment. He's had a great start to the season. Um Gardy's still really lightly raced. And he's a horse who I've always thought a lot of. And, you know, he just, he seems to have really stepped up. And he's ran big races in group ones before without ever quite um, winning. But I think he's snuck in under the radar here. He's the type who will is likely to have improved again as a four-year-old. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how he gets on. And I think another one that I saw was, um, I think Accidental Agent has snuck in at a big price again. Obviously, he won it at something like 66-1 to 1 two years ago. And he was quite well fancied for it last year. But obviously, for whatever reason, he didn't start. Um, so he could, you know, I wouldn't be thinking... I wouldn't think that he would be out of the frame if he you know if he turns up on the day he's a good he's a good horse and obviously he loves ascot as well so you know he could be um an each way shot in a hot race at a very big price
0: have you got a selection here can you?
2: yeah this is a group one
0: do surprisingly i have a selection <laughs> uh,
3: no i think circus maximus is probably going to go off favorite and mm-hmm. rightly so but i kind of share the same sentiment as the girls I'm trying to find something else to take him on, because I wouldn't be particularly surprised if he's beaten. Um, obviously, he runs in blinkers, and I think he just keeps a bit for himself. Aiden says to drop back to miles because he wasn't focusing over a mile and a quarter. It was obviously a great move by Aiden, but he doesn't particularly blow you away, but maybe he's just a lot better, but not giving in 100%, you know what I mean? Uh, the one I like is Muhatter, a uh, very fragile horse. I was impressed by him when he won the Greenham. Uh, I thought he might develop into a proper Group 1 animal, but he's obviously had issues. They managed to get him back for the QE2 last year, and he ran, a, he ran a perfect race, to be honest. We weren't expecting him to win. He finished fifth, and it was on heavy ground, probably a bit further back than ideal in the race, and he just he just could not quicken on that type of ground. I'm hopeful ground won't be any worse than soft on Tuesday, and I think if they can, you know, get you know keep him sound this year, I think it could be a good season for him. He's fourteen to one, and I think he could run a good each way, a good race at an each way price.
0: I'm like you. I think Circus Maximus is a very worthy favorite. And could be hard to be here. It was a great move last year to. Declare, er, to declare him in the St. James's Palace when he won, beating two darn hot in King of Change, King of Comedy, who ran on well at the end. He won again at the top level in Longchamp when winning the Prix de Moulin, when again he showed a great attitude to fight off Romanized. He's a typical Galileo who battles till the end, and I think he'll go very close for the informed Aidan O'Brien team. But at a bigger price, I like the Sir Michael Stout-trained mustachery. He finished off the season last year on a high when putting in a good performance in the Group 2, in a group two at Newmarket when he had to carry a penalty. Earlier in the season, he won the Group 1 Lockage Stakes at Newbury. He then ran below par in this race last year, but I forgive him that. He's rated £3 higher than Circus Maxis, and I think he'll outrun his odds and each way price of 12-1. The next race on the card is the Group 2, Ribblesdale Stakes over a mile and a half. This looks to be a very weak Group 2. Is there anything that stands out to you, Sam?
1: John Gosden has the top two in the market in this race. It's a bit of a clash between Frankel and See the Stars, With Frankly Darling by Frankel and Miss Yoda being by See the Stars. I'd be more inclined to side with Miss Yoda. She's more proven than Frankly Darling. She looks a delicate rider. She got quite upset when winning the Linkfield Oaks trial over this trip, but Rab Havlin handled her beautifully, so it's good to see him back on board.
0: Kaylean, do you like anything here?
3: Yeah, I, I'd agree with what you just said there, dude. like this is a bad group too, to be honest. Like there's no two ways about it. Wasn't particularly impressed by Franklin darling on first view and when she won at Newcastle, but I went back and watched the race, and I, I suppose you'd have to be a bit more positive when you see it on second view, and the way she hit the line was really impressive. And she's obviously by Frankel. So you'd imagine a step up to mile and four here would be suitable. I think Ines Diamond probably isn't up to Group 2 class. She won her maiden uh, last week at Leopardstown. Uh, just held on. She's by Galileo. You know, I just I just don't think she's up to Group 2 class. And then I look at the rest of them. I think Trafile ran a perfectly OK race at Newmarket. We be beat in four lanes by Run Wild. I think that was just a very good ride by O'Shea Murphy. She just stayed on nicely. Um... I think, frankly, Darlene probably has the most potential to improve amongst these, so I'd side with her, but this is a bad group too.
0: Neve, would you agree with that?
2: I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm actually going to say I don't, I think it's quite harsh to say it's a weak group too, um, because obviously at the moment it's not going to look the strongest, but if you look at it from the picture of this is more of an Oaks trial because obviously we haven't had it yet. Um, I think for the potential we've got here it looks quite you know a close contest it should be a good race um i thought born with pride is a huge price considering the reputation she came into the season with i mean yes she didn't run her race for whatever reason when she was first out but you know she'll improve for the run the little bit of fitness that she'll get from that as well will definitely help and you'd imagine the step up in triple street well um judging by her pedigree um but i think i'm gonna side with um trefoil um she did nothing wrong at newmarket um, just under the two weeks ago and she does it like a lovely prospect for her connections so yeah i think she'll run a big race um and obviously is another of the benefit of having a run under her belt already
0: yeah i'd agree with you with trefoil i'd take a chance on her Maybe she could be the one that could go on to run well in the Oaks, but I'd be surprised if any of these went close in an oaks. The next race on the card is the King Edward the seven stakes over um over a mile and a half. The odds, the odds suggest that this would be straightforward for Mogul? Can you see by him, Sam?
1: Um, well, I quite like Arthur's Kingdom as a horse in general. Um Mogul is definitely a worthy favourite, but um it took Arthur's kingdom three attempts to win his maiden, but then he went and came second on heavy ground in the group one over one mile, two furlongs somewhere in France. Um, that suggests he's going to stay and he's a half sibling to Joshua tree. who's a three time Canadian international winner. Um, he'll probably appreciate some rain, but I doubt it's going to come. I've asked a few people, um, and the weather seems. the ground looks like it's pretty much going to stay around good. Um, but the St. Ledger maybe is his eventual target. And, um, yeah, he could run a good race here with Frankie de on board.
0: Niamh, can you see by Mogul?
2: I can, actually. And I'm going to agree pretty much word for word with Sam here. Um, I think Arthur's Kingdom, you know, he cannot be underestimated coming into this. Obviously, with the good form, um, second in a Group 1 in France. Um, he will improve for the extra furlongs, furlongs um, he's by Camelot as well so you know he was never really going to be a great two year old um, as opposed to what he could achieve now he's a bit older um, you know I don't think it would be the biggest shock in the world here if he was to overturn Mogul but um, obviously Mogul does deserve to be favourite, he deserves to be you know a short price favourite as well based on what he's done but um, yeah I think Arthur's Kingdom probably run in
3: close and I wouldn't be surprised if it was a 1-2 for Aidan O'Brien here can you see by Mogul win this if he runs anywhere near the form of the Vertum Ferturity at Newcastle I just do not see the hype with Arthur's Kingdom to be honest like it's essentially just based on Aiden saying he's training well and he's in good form but like Arizona was in good form too so I just I just don't really, I don't see the hype he got beaten by baby Zeus in a maiden at Killerny over a mile, and nine to two on. I was there that day, and I, you can say he was placed in a group one also, but Mystical was third, and he bombed out at the car on Friday. I just, I just can't see what is the hype about Arthur's Kingdom, to be honest. I think he's probably going to end up in a ledger. He may even turn into a Cliffs of Dunin type of horse who's running the last race at Royal right Ascot. I, I, just, I just really do not see the hype of Arthur's Kingdom, to be honest, like
0: mogul will win this and he'll win it easily i'd agree with you there about mogul i think he just wins easily and he's long odds on but i'd say if you're to do anything maybe have a look at him for the derby if he wins this he'll probably shorten up if he's impressive the feature race on the day is the king's stand stakes the cash is warm order favor here is your idea of the winner
1: definitely i mean this looks a really exciting race um batash has placed second behind blue point in the past two renewals um i think you can draw a line through his run in the Abbey. um when 14th in october the soft ground probably didn't aid his course, but he's basically got oh. ideal conditions i think um for this and i think the winner of the Abbey glass slippers we all kind of agreed that it was a bit of a weird race but she seems a really exciting filly um She kind of proved she was a sprinter um, after going over a range of trips and she won a listed group three and then obviously the Abbey. Um, She has a really big future and I think what could be crucial is that she gets three pounds from Batash. And obviously Liberty Beach is a great city as well and she gets even more weight because she's
2: only three. Can you see by Batash your
0: new?
2: Um, my notes here say, Patash, cut above the rest. Ignore last run. He wins. <laughs> I think it's important to remember with this horse, you know, I don't know why, but earlier in the week, I was kind of thinking, is there too much about him? You know, he's not won this race before. Earlier today, I kind of, I thought, you know what, actually, if Blue Point hadn't been around, we would have been building up to this horse trying to go for three straight King's stance. So, I think it's as simple as he does. If Batash turns up, he wins. Um, but, you know, we know what can sometimes happen when the hype builds around this horse. You know, he is as likely... Well, I mean, he's not been as bad um, in recent seasons, but it's hard to remember some of his performances at York, of course, before he went on to break the track record in the Nunthorpe last year. Um, I, I agree with Sam. I think his last run can be completely ignored. He didn't get his ground. Um and then the only other horse that I kind of thought had a squeak was um Liberty Beach. She is so quick. This Philly is rapid. And I mean she's again, she's another with the benefit of having had a run already. She gets an awful lot of weight, um, with the Phillies allowance and then of course the three year old allowance. Um, and I mean, what that prep run showed isn't only that it, you know, helped her to um, get fit before this run. It's also shown that she has trained on. So, um, yeah, she could be one who might be a danger to batash
0: Kylian, are you a fan of Uh, Batash?
3: Yeah, I'd agree with essentially just what uh, Neve said there, if Batash doesn't uh, perform for any reason, I think Liberty Beach could be the one to pick up the pieces, but just one thing to add there with Batash, I think he's won on his first start for the last three years, so that is a big positive for him, and there's no blue point in the rest this year, he's clear on ratings, he should win this to be honest.
0: Yeah, I'd, be, I'd agree here, but Tash should win. But at a bigger price, I'd take a chance on Shades of Blue. I put her line through a run at Newmarket last day when she didn't seem to handle the track. She doesn't have much to find with glass slippers from their run in September, and I think she could sneak a place at around about 20 to 1. The race on the card is Group 2 Duke of Cambridge Stakes over a mile, a wide-open contest. What catches your right eye here, I think this son? is
1: actually quite an interesting race. Um, there's a lot of interlocking form between the horses. Magic Lily will be quite um, well fancied. Probably, I've just actually got the prices flicked up on Racing Post. I'm quite shocked that she's nine. She's um, nine to one, but I suppose that is because she's got a three pound penalty. But she was beaten by Queen Power. She just got beaten to second um, the other day at Newmarket, and then I think I've kind of I had a few different ideas about who to go for in this race, but I've kind of. Landed on Lavender's Blue. I've always liked this horse. I actually put her up as an each-way selection in the Derby, and not the Derby, obviously not the Derby, the Oaks. Um, and she like she ran awfully. I mean, she really didn't do very well. <laughs> um, she finished second to Queen Power um, before coming last in the Oaks, and she won well at Sandown in August, and then finished fourth in the Sun Chariot Stakes, um, which was a good race. And I feel like she's a good horse in the day, and she can maybe seize the opportunity, and if. I'm, it's just a bit sad that there's no soft ground because I think Miss O'Connor would have hacked up.
0: Neve, what do you like? To-
2: um, I'll agree with Sam. Actually, I quite I'm a big fan of Lavender's Blue. Um, both of her wins have come over the mile. Um, she just, you know, as Sam referred to, she just didn't perform in the Oaks. Maybe it was the trip. Um, but yeah, she she'd be the type you'd think. If she's on, on a going day, she'll um, she'll run well. Um, I think Miss O'Connor can't be underestimated either. Clearly, she's a very talented filly. You would want the ground to be soft for her, but, um, you know, she could be one to show up on the day. Um is going to be tough to beat. I mean, she is going to go off a favourite, you would imagine, um, but she just looks like she could be the class act in the race. Um, and I think a big tell on her ability will be how well the and Brook runs in the Queen Anne, I think she um, But yeah, they would be tough to beat, but I'm going to take a chance with Lavender's Blue. Um, and actually, I've got some notes from Lois. Um, if I just bring them up really quickly. She quite fancies Subiloso, um who is out of Joyer's, um, she's got a big reputation, obviously, and she came into last season with a massive reputation as an unrated three-year-old without landing a big prize, but she did run a creditable third in the coronation state um, at this meeting last year. So, yeah, Lois fancied her to go well, and she hasn't reached her full potential, but if she could reproduce that run that she had in the coronation Stakes last year, she'd have a real shot in this.
3: Okay. Cillian, Hello, I, right magically each way. I thought william buick made too much too much use of her the last day and she was towards terrible and i thought that race just it was just set up lovely for terrible and it essentially was like a piece of work for her i think dropping back to the miles really going to suit her um, yeah, she's some, she's in very good form. Uh, her run in Medan behind Bernie Wright, I think, would put her right there. And I, you know, I'm, I'm still drawn all the way back to that run at the Phillies Mile back in 2017, where she was, I think, third behind Lawrence. I, I think she still has more to give. Obviously, it's going to be difficult with the three pound penalty, but I think at ten to one, um, I think that's a great price for her. To be honest, I'd would, I wouldn't be surprised if she went off a bit shorter on the day. So
0: each way magically. I agree with Lois here. I like this or Michael Stout trained Jubiloso. Jubilosa, she ran a fantastic race over course and distance last year in the Coronation Stakes, finishing third. She didn't build on that run, but I think she will be a better four-year-old. She's a half sister to Frankel and Noble Mission, and I think she can go close here with Ryan Moore in the saddle. The final race on the cap card is the Ascot Stakes over two and a half miles. A tricky handicap to round off the card. We have to start with Killian here. I'm sure this will be his favourite race of the day over two and a half miles. A few jumpers in the I field. I think this is what actually like, almost my best selection of the day.
3: Um, I think Ferdinand Blue is obviously a worthy favourite and I wouldn't be too worried about her carrying top weight. She's obviously a very good mare. She's won a Christmas Hurdle and the Scots, Scottish mm-hmm. champion hurdle. Uh, but the one I like here is all the way down, number 18 on the card, smart champion for David Simcock. Uh, obviously, he's been a bit of a fragile horse, but I think he's he's five now. He's Teofino Geldin. I think he's only coming into his own now. He only ran one, once as a two-year-old and twice as a three-year-old. Uh, I think his standout piece of form was when he was second to Land of Oz in the Cesarewitch trial. Uh, he had to give Landavaz eight pounds that day. He's the type of horse that has to be held up in the rear, in the rear of the field, but he stays all day. I think if you look at the weights for Tuesday's race, Landavaz is nine stone two, and Smart Champion is eight stone eleven. I think I think Landoval has probably reached his peak. I'm not too much. I'm not too sure if he has much more improvement in him. Whereas Smart Champion, I was quite impressed by the way he did it at Newcastle on his last start again held up and he just came through the field nicely just getting up on the line that was over two miles this is over two miles three for an ounce which will i think suit him he's going to stay all day and he's drawn on the inside and three i think sometimes in horses are drawn on the inside they can possibly do too much and be too free but the way this lad's running style he's going to be held up I wouldn't be surprised if he sits second last or last out towards the back. He's going to have to be ridden for luck. But in a race like this, the field should stretch out over this long distance. And I think he's around 16 to 1. I think he's perfect type of horse for this race. So he'd be my fancy in the race. Who do I do like, quite Sam? like
1: Land of Oz. Um, he's tackling this trip for the first time. Um, but was seen to good effect over two mile two recently. Um, He's only four years old, so maybe there's a little bit of improvement left in him, but I was quite shocked that he's only four because I feel like we have seen him quite a bit. Um, I've been a fan of Dubai 50 for a very long time. Um, He's apparently going really well at home, but that's kind of been the word for the past few runs. Um, I feel he's better than a 97 rated horse, and he did come second in this in 2018 to Lagos to vegas um on um off 97 i'm pretty sure um he's just not showing much on the track lately and i'd really love to see him run well for karen mcclintock um as she's had a really tough time lately i think she lost a couple of horses in a road accident um with the box but yeah so i'd really like for him to run well but i'm gonna go land of oz
0: I am siding with
2: the winner, um, and his name is Mancini or Mancini, however you want to pronounce it. Um, this is a second start for Ian Williams, and I thought William Beers was really eye-catching jockey looking. Um, he raced prominently, and he was staying on again over two miles, at Haydock behind Moon King last time out, um, which I thought would suggest that the further trip around this course will really suit him. Um, I wouldn't be worried about his stamina. The trainer won this last year um, with the Grand Vizier. And this horse ran a great race to be seventh in that particular renewal. Um, I think another year on his back, hopefully will have added some further improvement. We need him to come better than seventh this time. And another one who I thought was eye-catching at a much bigger price was Charlie D. I think he could run a big race for Tom Zaskin and Richard Kingsboat, who, let's face it, They are probably having the time of their lives at the moment. Absolutely flying form for those two. Um, He's got a nice lightweight and he goes well on the better ground. So, yeah, he could be one for an each-way sort of price, um, but he will be, you know, up against it, up in class. So, yeah, I'd I'd like to see him run well
0: I'll take a chance on Dubawi fifty, who can hopefully recapture the form of his race in twenty eighteen when he finished behind the Willie Mullins trained Lagos to Vegas. This year there's none of the Willie Mullins battalion to compete with. He had some below pairs runs since and has dropped to the same mark he raced off when winning or when coming second in twenty eighteen. And if he can return to that form, I think he could go close at twelve to one. We'll finish off day one with a nap in each way selection. So, Sam, have you um, got a nap in each nap race selection? My nap race is
1: Batash, and my each way selection is Gifted Master in
2: the first race. Mm. Um, my nap is Batash, and my each way selection is going to be Garde.
3: Um, Kill it. Batash and Morgul. Double is the nap and each way smart champion the last.
0: And I'll nap Circus Maximus in the Queen Anne and each way Flaming Spear in the first. Wednesday's card gets underway with the Silver Royal Hunt Cup handicap over a mile. A tricky race to start off today. Have you got the key Probably to
1: this year, Sam? Um not. It- <laughs> I've gone with um, Brian Epstein for Richard Hannon in the Informed Richard Kingscourt I think it was quite an eye-catching booking. Um, the horse is quite lightly raced, and he won. He ran well on seasonal appearance at Haydock, um, so he could run a good race.
0: Neve, have you got this a good selection
2: here? Not. <laughs> um, I thought May Danny was a fascinating runner. Um, Mark Johnson and Jim Crowley. He's a half-brother to Alakam. He's by Dubawi. Um, he won't have a problem with the mile. But this is only a fourth start. So ideally, I'd want him to have a little bit more experience. But he's unexposed, and he could be the class act in this race. But the other one, I think this is really boring because he's likely his fourth favorite. But um, Ozo, or Uzo, um, he's going to be tough to beat. He ran really well at Newmarket when we last saw him and he's drawn in 24 so he's got an awful lot of pace around him he's got three Fang and smaller Um which will mean you know they'll carry him into the race far enough and um, I think he's going to pace be drawn on the near side in this particular race
0: Kidding, I can see you being a fan of May Danny here, being a half brother to Teller Cam, one of your favourites. No, you sir. <laughs> um,
3: this is a very, very tricky race, a bit like the first race on Tuesday. Um, not, this is not a particularly a strong fancy, but I thought Dean Street Doll might be interesting. Uh, she was formerly trained by Richard O'Brien here in Ireland, and she won her maiden over mild Limerick, beating Silk Forest, who was trained by Paddy Toomey, and she's developed into a very nice. Uh, feeling she was behind Magic Wand on Saturday evening at the Curra. She then ran second in a 1,000 guineas trial at the, at Lepristown. And she ran all right in the 1,000 guineas. But after that, her form just tailed off for whatever reason. And she switched to David Munir. now. She ran behind Nazif at Kempton. Was a bit keen that day, probably just a bit fresh. She ran okay to the two pole, but just got tired. She's 33 to 1 here. She might probably might be a bit bigger. I'm saying she might probably be 50s on the day, maybe. I don't particularly see her being backed or anything like that. But if she rediscovered her old, old form, she might be able to run well in this.
0: Unlike you, and I like May Danny, the Mark Johnson train, half brother to Elicarb. He got his head in front earlier in the month at Yarmouth over a mile of firm ground. He was raised £10, and I think there's still more to come. He could be handicapped to go close here. Second race on the card is the Hampton Court stakes over a mile and a quarter. Eight runners head to
1: post. Um, right well, here, first Sam? I'd just like to say, Rich kings isn't riding more selection in the previous race. It's Pat Dobbs, but that's still a pretty good jockey walking. Um I think the Hampton Court looks good race. Um, obviously, Juan Elcano ran a huge race in the Guineas, and I think Kenzai Warrior would have done as well if he hadn't fluffed the start um, that was a really disappointing run but he was actually running on really well um, without a doubt he can put a line through that and I really hope he runs a good race here um, I was really taken with first receiver for the Queen when he made his seasonal reappearance and he's likely to be favourite um, or one of the favourites but I think Kenzai Warrior is a ridiculous price at 16 to 1 I think just I, I do strongly believe that if he was any other, um, any other kind, con- from any other outfit like Godolphin or something, he would be a lot shorter. But um, Roger Teal deserves to have a nice winner and hopefully he can do that.
2: Say, I am siding with first receiver. He looks different gravy on his appearance and it would be great to see, obviously, see Her Majesty the Queen have a royal but winner behind closed doors. Um, Sir Michael Stout won this race last year with Sangarius and a few years before that with Canuck Chase. Um, I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see him make it back, back wins with this exciting son of new approach. Um, the step-up in trip's going to be fine for him. He was not stopping when he bolted up over a mile at Tempton last time and I thought Frankie Dottori actually I looked up this stat earlier because you know we've seen Frankie Dottori and Sir Michael Stout team up before but not often. And so I actually looked on at the races and he's only Frankie Tutorial's actually only ridden to Microsoft like four times before and he's won three of those times. They have a seventy five percent strike rate when they team up. So I am definitely gonna side with first receiver in this to improve that strike rate even further.
0: Killian, I've seen first receiver described as the possible next Crystal Ocean. Would you oh, agree with that? that and could uh, here?
3: To be fair, I was impressed with him the last day. He practically made all. He was given a hands and heels ride, winning by, I think it was seven minutes in the end. It was very impressive. But I think my worry is he's drawn in four, and Juan Alcano is beside him. He ran well for a long way in the Guineas. He was pretty prominent. And first receiver, he broke well at. Kimpton and got out into lead. He didn't. s he settled well enough without, you know, being completely, you know, turned off. Like I, 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 wouldn't be surprised if Juan Alcano could possibly make him do too much, too much in the early stage of the race. He's also out of an exceeding excellent mare, but by new approach, quite an interesting pedigree to be honest. But I wouldn't be surprised if the race was set up for a Russian Emperor. Uh second to Cormorant last at, at Leppers Town. Uh, that was a project Beggy special from the front. Um if he finds any bit of improvement, I think he should be banged there. And I, I I really like first receiver, but it's just my worry that Juan Alcano could possibly make him do too much and he might not get home. So I hope first receiver runs, but my feeling is that Russian Emperor might have the race run to suit.
0: And I like the horse you mentioned there, Juan Alcano. He ran a good race in the two thousand guineas and ran like a horse who would appreciate the step up and trip. He's twice placed the two in Group Twos over seven furlongs. He drops down in class here to Group Three, and I think he will go very close to Kevin Ryan and Andrea Adini in the saddle. The next race is the King George V Stakes over a mile and a half. A very competitive race. Another Sam, impossible you
1: handicap. Like um, I quite liked um, Toon Nathaniel's run on seasonal reappearance, which was only five days before this race. Um, he did it really nicely. He's from a powerful yard, and I think he has quite a good chance.
0: Need can oh, you, I tell you the puzzle? When here?
2: I was going through this race earlier today, it gave me such a headache. Um, it does look really, really tough. I'm quite a big fan of Kip's. actually. I think he should run well. But, um, you know, he's still lightly raced for Huey Morrison and David Probert gets the ride. But actually, one that did catch my eye at a much bigger price was um, King's Caper. Now, I wouldn't have him to win, but I think he could run a place. He's drawn well in five, you know, nice and near the inside. It is tricky this mile and a half around Ascot. Um, and he should be on the pace as well. He's a typical Mark Johnston horse, to coin a phrase there. Um, he was no match for English King last time at Lingfield, but um, clearly, you know, that horse looks like an exceptional individual and this drop back in handicap company will help Kings caper. Um, he had a hat trick of wins last year, which culminated in a conditioned stakes victory at Chelmsford, but he's a horse who had been thought highly enough to run in a group two at Newmarket. Um, previously. So, yeah, I think I'd like to see, um, you know, I, I, I'd i like to see Kip win, but I think paper um, each way would probably be my main selection for the race.
0: Killing, this looks like a race you'll have enjoyed having a look through. Uh, Did you pick anything out here? To be
3: honest, um, I thought Hookham might run well, improved for his debut to win quite nicely at, where was it again? Yeah, he won as Maiden at Kempton after finishing a good third to Cherokee Trail at Newbury. Uh, I think he might appreciate to step up to a mile and three, and he's unexposed. I see the stairs out of King Campbell there. Um, Yeah, he was the one that I thought was kind of interesting, potentially could have improvement up his sleeve, but... At, like he's 14 to 1 in your five places, so I think he's a decent bet. But like this is very, very difficult. I think body line might run well also for Sir Mac Prescott. I think he was supposed to run a good one today, but he didn't. Uh, he was second to Celestron. Uh, the last day, possibly, he's by Australia, so I don't think my and three would be any problem. Possibly lacks a gear, but he's he's like the sort. He'll try his best. But that is the worry that he'll just lack a gear at the, at the crucial stage in the race. But um, yeah, this is, this is very tough. But Huck on might have maybe for uh, Owen Burrows and Jim Crowley might have a bit more improvement to come.
0: I'm going to side with the Brian Mean trained Arturian Fable, who's a very lightweight of 8 stone too. He ran last Sunday at Newmarket and finished strongly over ten furlongs and was just denied by a shorehead. Son of Cedar Stars will enjoy the step-up and trip and I think he could go close at around fourteen to one. The next race is the Prince of Wales Stakes over a mile and a quarter. Japan is the warm um, favorite. I think we at the start of
1: Japan's going to be the dominant force in this division. Um, he is about odds on at the minute, um, ten to eleven. And I think if I was to look elsewhere. I quite like Hedman. He's a really beautiful, like, big horse. And I know the Yard and Jason Watson like him a lot. Um, he rose through the ranks to two group, group two victories um, in France, I think it was. And then he was only beaten four lengths in the Irish champion stakes, um, at which Magical won. And he didn't jump from the stalls very well. And I think he does have a shot in this race.
2: Me, um, you see, see once again, I think Japan's gonna be really tough to beat. Um, but I'm gonna try and get him beat. Um, I quite like Barney Roy actually. Um, obviously he's a previous Royal Ascot winner, went and um failed at third, he's made his return, he's gelded now. He had a fantastic spell over in Dubai earlier this year, um, where he did win a group one. And actually both of his wins over there were visibly very, very comfortable. And he's beaten some decent horses as well. You know, he's not beaten a Japan that we've seen, but he has beaten um, Group 1 level horses. Um, I think, you know, he's got coarse form um, and he did actually seem to relish Ascot when he won the St. James's Palace stakes. Um, I think it was three years ago now, which seems like absolutely crazy that it was that long ago. But... um, no, I think the Seppleton trip as well should be fine. Um, He's slipped in under the radar here, but I think it would be dangerous to underestimate him.
3: Yeah, keep it simple. Julian, are you a
0: fan of Japan? Yeah, and I'd agree with you there. Last year's winner, the Judman, beating Chris Lotion. I think he will take a lot of beating here. The next race is the Royal Hunt Cup over a mile. Another head scratcher. Um, Who catches your eye, Sam?
1: Montefam, Monta- I don't know, I can't read my own writing, um, won on the 6th of June after being a dead and he was quite impressive really, um, even though he's not Jim Crowley's main choice um, he's got a good chance and a capable pilot on board in Dan O'Neill. See,
2: when I see Mile Handicap at Ascot, there's always one horse that I go for, and that horse is Raising Sands. Um, he is a two-time winner of this course and distance. Obviously, he's won a lot more over seven. He's just, he's a great horse, and he's been wonderful for his connections. He's won them an awful lot of prize money. Um, Arguably, he's better over the seven furlongs here, but I think, you know, he's, he's just, he's the proven horse in the race, and I think he's of a
0: safe option. So I'm going to go with raising stands and what looks like a really tricky renewal. Move on. Gillian, what's your selection here? <laughs> Move on. I think it'd be, it'd be a lot more straightforward if Jamie Spencer wasn't injured and hopefully he's back soon because he rides the straight track at Ascot so well. But I was side with last year's winner of fact for Charlie, Charlie Hill's team. He always puts his best for Buff forward to Ascot and he won the race last year by a nose. His form synth is nothing special, but I hope the return to Ascot will see him recapture his form. He won the race last year off the £3 pound higher mark, but Kieran Fallon claim wipes that back down to his mark of last year. and Kieran Fallon has been in great form at the start of the season so far. The penultimate race on the card is the Windsor Castle over five furlongs, the first two year old race of the year, or two, the first two year old race of the week um, here at Ascot. You catch your ice, um.
1: When he won on the second day of the season And I um, He's by Suyuni and his dam Is a half-sister to the dam of Hydrangea And Hamosa so he's got a really nice pedigree Um, Maybe not What you'd expect to be a five furlong horse But he seemed really quick At um, I want to say Newcastle when he Ran and I mean this Any of them could win really Any of them could take that next step up And, and really run a good race um, but yeah I'm going to go with Victory
0: Heights Neve is two year olds here to cut your life first time out. even
2: more difficult to pick this year um, but I was honestly I was really really taken with Mighty Gurkha when he won at Lingfield on one of the first days of the season actually he could not have been more impressive that day but I liked how Holly Doyle kept him you know rode him out up the line gave him a great education on the day he'll have learned awful lot from that he did get worked up before he went in the stalls. he actually reared up and fell backwards um but still managed to win I wouldn't want to see him do that again I'll admit especially at the start of this race this is a tougher contest but Archie Watson is great with his two-year-old and I think he could well be the class act in this race
0: Air Force Blue as his first runners here at Royal Ascot as his first season as Sire. Do you like his, uh, yeah, uh, either of his projects? He has a nice
3: impression on debut at Navin. Um, I think he's a nice horse, but um, this is a very tough race. was so obviously not much for him to go on. I thought Tactical ran reasonably well on debut at Newmarket. He hadn't a clue what to do, to be honest. He was very green. Uh, O'Sheen put him up as a, kind of a horse to follow for the season. I think he will improve uh, on his second start. Whether he's good enough to win this, I'm not particularly sure. Uh, James Doyle rides. Um, look, you'd imagine Wesley Warren's horse will be pretty, pretty prominent. And I think he is drawn... Yeah, he is drawn 12. So maybe you'd want to be drawn on that side. I'm not particularly sure, to be honest. I think... I, it's like it's a race that you couldn't really have a strong selection, but the way Aidens are running, I wouldn't be surprised if Chief Little Hawk could win this.
0: No, as you're saying, it's more of a watching brief. I would just side with the O'Brien Chain, trained Chief Little Hawk by Air Force Blue. Air Force Blue has had a good start with Life is Value and there's some nice winners, including this lad. If the race last week hadn't left the mark. I think you go close here. Final race on the card is the Copper Horse Handicap over a mile and three quarters. A tricky race to finish off the um, card. Who will you side with, Top up, weight,
1: Collide. Um, he's a full brother to none other than Logician. Um, he beat Land of Oz, who I tipped up earlier, over one mile six on the 9th of June at Chelmsford. And before that, he won a listed race at Consumer. Um He's got an awful lot of weight, which is my only concern. But looking at it now, I mean, the the entire ratings is only split up by um, about £9. So it's not like it's you know, the other horses are in like eight stone twos and stuff. Um, so I don't think nine stone eleven is going to be too much of a problem. He's got Ryan Moore on board, who is absolutely flying. Um, so, yeah, it should be. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how
2: he runs. I'm a big fan Maybe, of Ryan's Do you like and- anything here? He's only run over this trip once before, but that was a win. Um, Andrew Balding is in great form, another trainer who's in fantastic form this year, and usually has his horses fit for the first run. Um, he's not been seen since last year, and you know, he seems to go well after a break. Um, he's still lightly raced. And I think the Cesare which was a step too far for him last year, within soft ground. Over a distance that maybe he wasn't ready for, Um, but this drop back to a mile and six will suit him, um, and I quite fancy his chances here actually. And he's got a good draw in eight. Um, Another one, a bit of a price to be Salino. Um, I think he could run well and could be one for the places. He's unbeaten since he was fitted with a visor, and he was well suited by the step up and trip last time we saw him. Um, His form ties in with Charlie D. He was one of my selections in the asset stakes on Tuesday. So if he runs well, then there's everything there's every chance that Selino can go well in this race.
0: Killin, you had a strong selection to finish up. No,
3: this is I, I this is just horrible to be honest, this race. I thought Salino was guaranteed to stay I Murphy rides. I thought 16 1 a bit big about him, to be honest. But no, no, no strong selection here.
0: I'm the same, no strong selection, but I just side with Dubai Horizon. He was kept busy during the winter at Maidan. He showed his best form over a mile and three quarters, finishing third in the group three over there. He's four pounds higher than his last winning mark. I think there is more to come over staying trips, and he could go close at a double figure price. Round off, day two, we'll finish off with our nap and each race selection. Um, Sam, have every, you got a nap and each many, race selection?
1: like, really strong um, selections for a nap, but I'd probably say Victory Heights and then each way,
2: Kenzai Warrior. Um Nave. First receiver will be my nap and each way I'm going to go for Raving Sand.
3: I think Wednesday's card is very tough. Um Probably Nap Japan, and each way here we will go for Dean Street. Doll in the first.
0: Nap Japan in the Prince of Wales and go each way. A fact in the Royal Hunt Cup. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Join us later in the week where we'll have a look at Thursday, Friday, and Saturday's cards.